Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. What up, fam? Welcome back to another episode of Snapback Sports. On this episode, the NBA's trade deadline has passed. D'Lo is headed to the Wolves, Marcus Morris to the Clippers, and many more trades to dive into. So let's get it. Blue Wire. The Baltimore Ravens select Lamar Jackson. I'm a Raven. His own. All year. Every year. Jackson Jackson himself. Oh! He broke his ankles! What up, fam? I'm your host, Jack Seven from Snapback Sports on Snapchat. Joining me today, and as always, is my co-host and longtime best friend, Abe Granoff. How's it going, bro? Not going to lie, Jack, this is probably one of my favorite days of the year in sports. It just feels like you wake up, you wake up to a trade in the middle of the night, and then for about, I woke up at about eight for seven hours, maybe my math's wrong, you're just refreshing Twitter. You've got shams, you've got woes, notifications on it is just a great day that honestly, in my opinion, I it went. It was more exciting than I thought it would be. I, I just don't get why it always has to take place in the last 30 minutes. Like, and no like, one's I don't know why any work at 2 p.m. It couldn't have happened like two days ago or something. Like, you guys know the trade deadline's coming up. Yeah. And that. with that being said, I'm saying, like, why not four hours before? Like, why at 2.40 is everything happening? I don't yeah, know. Some of the big I, I like the day. I like the day, don't get me wrong. I just think it's always overhyped. We always think there's going to be these blockbuster deals. And honestly, D'Lo being moved was a big deal. Drummond being moved was eh. Uh, Iguodala became a big deal last night, but it wasn't actually, like, it's not a consequential move. So did a Nick really affect the future of the NBA season? Potentially, but let's dive into it. Give, I mean, give it's me what time. you got. It's time. It's time for our new BetOnline.ag stock riser of the week. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook expert. Use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, you know that by now, for a 50% welcome bonus. So let's get into it, right? Marcus Morris was the big name that was floating around. It was kind of a bidding war between the Lakers and the Clippers. And, I mean, I'm going to let you start with this one because, obviously, you're a Knicks fan, so you claim nowadays. And... Marcus Morris was a big name out there, and he ends up going to the Clippers. Obviously, what, they're right now three games out of the first seed behind the Lakers. So the floor is yours. Do you like the haul that the that the Knicks got for him? Does it really matter? Is What are, what are your thoughts on this? 
In terms of the Knicks, the Knicks did not fully blow the opportunity, which is great. Like there, there was a serious concern that the Knicks were going to hold on to Marcus Morris, which would net us literally zero. He's on a one-year deal. He's on a deal that was go- he was not going to play for us next year, most likely. So I a player option, a, or yeah, something. one of those gigs. Um, so in that case, that we got something for him, that's a net positive. In the case of we literally controlled the most valuable asset to be traded to a team that had title contention odds, and we couldn't get a young player with potential, we couldn't get multiple first-round picks, we couldn't get anything. All we got was Mo Harkless, who, by the way, is very handsome. So maybe that's what we're building. Frank Nittlekina, very that handsome. Not, that did not go the way that I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mo Harkless, very handsome. So we, we are adding depth in the handsome department. And as you know, the tunnel has become a big part of, of the NBA culture. But uh, to get the Clippers' first-round pick. Wait, what do you mean the tunnel? Like walking into the stadium, the red carpet, like that oh, whole oh, league fit. That's like a big <laughs> thing. So in that sense, we're building. But in terms of actual basketball, we get the 30th pick in the draft. The Clippers are probably going to win the finals. Uh, at best case, it's what, the 27th pick? So it's a late first. It's essentially a second-round pick. You're not stockpiling those players in a draft that's not even going to be that good. I think there was so much. Like, listen, I didn't want Kyle Kuzma. But the chances that we get someone better than Kyle Kuzma with the Clippers pick is very dubious. Mo Harkless does nothing for us at this point. But on the flip side, the Clippers got a great player, a player that fits them perfectly. I think it's a player who's going to be valuable to them. I know you believe that it was more about playing keep away from the Lakers, but I am a believer in that. You know, Marcus Morris is going to go through spurts, and he's a very hot and cold player, and coming off the bench or starting the minutes he's going to play are going to be hot and cold. So I don't think he'll lose you many games, but he could pour in 12 points in three minutes and swing a playoff game. So I think big time pickup for the Clippers. Yeah, I think that obviously the Lakers and the Clippers were going back and forth. But for me, as a fit purpose, like Marcus Morris would have benefited the Lakers, in my opinion, more than he's going to benefit the Clippers, right? That's why I think that this was way more of a defensive trade for the Clippers in terms of keeping him across the hall or whatever in the same locker room for the Lakers. Regardless, he was going to the Staples Center. It was just when's he going to play and what colors is he going to wear. But I don't know, man. I don't love it for the Clippers. I think that Marcus Morris, and you can maybe speak towards it because you've been watching a lot more Knicks games, but when I was watching him in Boston these past few years and I'm looking like a team like the Clippers, to me he's kind of a ball stopper. Um with, with that so many uh, mouths to feed in that Clippers lineup, on the bench too. I get it. They have a versatile lineup um, that can probably switch one through five. Really, Zubak is a little bit of an eh. But you bring in a guy like Harrell instead of Zubak or Lou Will, and maybe that's your closing lineup with Marcus Morris at the five playing small ball. But like I said, for me, this was much bigger deal that the Lakers didn't get him than the Clippers did. I I don't think Marcus Morris can hurt a team like the Clippers, right? They're too talented, and he's too – he's a talented – he's a good player. He's a solid player that any team would probably want on their team. But I think he would have thrived way more in a role with the Lakers, and that's why the Clippers made this move. Essentially because 
Well, they didn't give up Shamit, and that was the biggest thing. The Knicks wanted Landry Shamit, and the Clippers refused, and the Knicks wanted Kyle Kuzma, and the and the Lakers refused. So the Clippers or the Knicks went from a position of power to kind of a position of no power because they couldn't get what they wanted out of either team. So they just had to settle for the expiring contract of Mo Harkless, the rights to I don't even can't pronounce his name overseas, and a first round pick this year. Yeah. Look, I think the situation is you're you get saying, what you get. You get what you can if you're. The you're man. saying you're saying he would be better for the Lakers. I hear what you're saying. I think what you're more saying is he would actually just be more important and play a bigger role. Right. I, right. I, yeah, I don't know about fit necessarily. Look, what Marcus Morris has done this season, honestly, like probably deserves MVP consideration. Please, like <laughs> shooting forty four percent. And averaging 20 points per game on a Knicks team that there's literally no spacing. There's literally no ball movement. He's a ball stopper because the Knicks don't have an offensive game plan. So he catches and they say, okay, go score. He takes some of the worst shots in the world. And to even have a shooting percentage above 40% is shocking. Like, they put the world on Marcus Morse's shoulders, which is obviously terrible from a roster construction standpoint. But... I know what you're referencing in Boston. He can stop the ball. He can go ISO. Especially in a lineup like this when so many mouths are needed to be fed. Like Marcus Morris, listen, dude, you got to be okay with averaging eight points a game maybe on a team like this. And it's a matter of if he will be. I think he will still get eight to ten shots a game. They're going to be significantly more wide open. And it wouldn't surprise me if he still was putting up 10 to 12 points per game, which would be massive for them. You get 10 to 12 from him. You get 6 to 8 from Shamit. You get, I mean, they're so deep. My biggest concern, I mean, they say they're going to plug him into the starting lineup, which is interesting. I don't hate it. I think him, I like Kawhi. It. I like it. Him, Kawhi, and PG are like, we kind of view them as similar players, which I guess they are. Wait, what? What? <laughs> not not skill level, but they kind of do the same stuff. Mid-range, can shoot the three, like play, you know, play defense against a wing. They I just they fall into the same category. <laughs> sure, man. They're all the same <laughs> size. Yeah, what's the All right. Go, I, go I'm ahead. not saying they're the same. I'm he's not as good as them. That's not oh, what no. I'm saying. I, I know. I know what you mean. Um so we'll see. It's just my biggest thing is that you know, everyone's obsessed with the depth of their bench, right? So they have five they have five deep on the bench, right? Not in the playoffs they don't. Exactly. Like when it comes to the playoffs, people are always like the depth, the it's three guys off the bench. That's all that plays. Eight players play in a playoff game in the NBA finals. That's right. it. The so depth Lou Will's playing. Who's not? Right. So who's not? It's good. They're going to run nine. But the depth is way more important because the Clippers have made it clear this year when they're resting Paul George, they're resting Kawhi, they don't give a damn what seed they are. They don't care if they have the home field advantage, I mean home court advantage. They want to get into the playoffs healthy and clicking on all cylinders. And that's where the depth comes in handy because you can you can sub out Kawhi for a night, replace him with one or two guys, and still win the game. So that's where the depth comes in handy. But last year we were hearing all this stuff with Oh, the Raptors have all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. You're playing eight, maybe nine guys in a, in a late playoff run, and you know that uh, Lou Will and Harrell are already going to be in there. And then you got probably Shamit, who's going to be. But, like, the fact that you keep pointing this depth, and it's the same thing with the Miami Heat, um, which we'll get into, obviously, in a little. But, like, it, the depth is a regular season thing. When it comes down to it, you're going to have your eight, 
we'll call it eight and a half man rotation. Someone will come in for four or five minutes if someone's I mean, in foul trouble. But I agree that the depth- Spo will play ten. He is he is a different scenario. Maybe Doc Rivers will. It's just not it's not that big of a deal. Because it's more about the other team's not going to go deep in their bench, so you don't have that that nine versus nine guy. If there's a major gap in the regular season, there's nothing during the during the postseason. So we'll see. We'll yeah, see. I mean, All right. Listen, the question listen, is: We got no. We got a lot of Knicks talk on this, and that's nice. It's refreshing. You had your Ravens. Football's over, and now we can talk Knicks on the podcast. <laughs> Fortunately, I think this is the last we'll be talking about the Knicks. But that was our betonline.ag stock riser. Well, last thing on that is... Uh, we still got our stock riser? Well, the question the is, who's your favorite to win the title now after today? The Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. The Los Angeles Lakers because I think they're just... I get it, they're not the most deep, but when it boils down to it, they've got two top five players in the world and nobody else can say that they have that. Okay. So my pick would be, I think the favorite right now is the Clippers. I honestly thought it before they got Marcus Morris. I don't think it moves the needle a ton, but I do believe the Clippers are my favorite. So now you can wrap it up. Nonetheless, betonline.ag, stock riser of the week. I'm really excited about this new partnership we have with them. Just remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. I'll keep saying it until we drill it into your memory. For your 50% off welcome bonus at betonline.ag. Eight, what's that dot .ag? Dot Abe Granoff? Yeah. Might have to much. reach out. But a lot more deals happened today, Jack. They did. They did. Uh, Probably I the s- biggest of the day. Yeah, I would say we should start with D'Angelo Russell gets traded in exchange for – I mean, we can read out what actually occurred, but D'Angelo Russell gets traded – to the Wolves in exchange for Andrew Wiggins and a pick. I've seen some people saying, well, the Warriors essentially flipped KD for Andrew Wiggins. No, no, no. KD was not playing for them, so to get anything is nice. The Warriors are then going to take Wiggins and do whatever with him. But after Cat was essentially crying last night, the Wolves, I guess, Hey, realized, it, it worked. He got his boy. It worked. Absolutely. Call and, what you will. And that's a fun team now. D'Lo and Cat. Like, Cat's a really good player. I don't know what the issue is there, though. Is it? I know we're both low on Andrew Wiggins because he's like he's like historically one of the worst players in NBA history. Right, but to think that that team with Cat and they had Covington and they they actually have like solid NBA players and they're just so so bad. There's like I don't know what the issue is. That's what I'm saying. Listen, let me run you off some names. Jimmy Butler, Derek Rose, Robert Covington, Taj Gibson, Dario Sarge, Tyus Jones, Jeff Teague, Anthony Tolliver. Those are all players that have come and gone from the Timberwolves organization. It seems to me that they actually have no idea what the hell they're doing. Because you see, they've brought in talented players into their pipeline, and time after time again, it doesn't work out. Um, so you look to D'Lo pairing with Cat. That's been something that's been rumored towards the summer. Andrew Wiggins was one of those players that you were going to have to attach a pick to him if you wanted to get rid of that crappy deal. But for me, I actually think the Warriors won this deal. I mean, not the Warriors. The Wolves won this deal. Absolutely. I don't think anyone's in disagreement with you. <laughs> what? Actually, no, no, no. Because we're in agreement, I'm curious what people are saying who think the, the Wolves lost this deal. 
No, they're not saying they lost this deal. It's more of like they like both sides of the deal and understand why it got done. But for me and you, we're talking about we both are are very down on Andrew Wiggins, right? He's a shot. I, I don't know how he's going to fit into a Warriors team like that. For me, it, seems like, it seems like Harrison Barnes type two, part two for me. Um, but but hey, I don't I, think the plan is to keep him, correct? I've seen nothing. Like, I don't understand. For me, if they were going to trade D'Angelo Russell, it was for a financial thing and they were going to acquire a bunch of assets and picks and maybe some expiring deals. I didn't think they would bring in another player on a max deal. Because it just didn't make sense to me. You, you're bringing back Stephen Clay next year. You're just going to try and throw him into this system when the ball really needs to be in a guy like Andrew Wiggins' hand. And even then, he's a volume shooter who shoots at a low clip. It just This whole thing was very weird for me. I expected D'Angelo Russell to go, but I didn't expect a player with who matches up similarly in terms of uh, contract to, to come. Obviously, this got the Warriors below the luxury tax and it's bigger for them this year because they've been in the luxury tax so much the next few years that their luxury tax bill goes from like a repeater's offense of 80 million to like 50 million. I mean, what's 30 million, you know what I mean? <laughs> but um yeah, this was just a weird deal and the Warriors, I mean the Wolves um were able to keep their pick from this year, which I think is the big difference maker because they're going to be a potentially top 5 bottom team this year and have a top five pick they're able to keep that and trade next year's pick where whereas why i thought the warriors got fleeced because the wolves are inevitably going to get better because they have the cap spaces off season and they can get d and cat together i think they're on the way up where they're going to is a different story but it's, it's better than where they are now is there, I mean, you mentioned a bunch of players, and I'm not saying their careers took off when they left Minnesota, but is there any chance that with a good coach and a good system and a good organization that Andrew Wiggins playing next to Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green actually turns out to be good? For sure, for sure. Sometimes that's all you need is a change of scenery with the, uh, these types of guys. He's coming from a crappy organization where winning isn't, isn't standard to a championship pedigree team with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steve Kerr already have a system in place. It's just, I think for Andrew Wiggins, it becomes a matter of can we as I'm not going to call us the M word, I'll call us podcasters and other talking heads out there drop the connotation of Andrew Wiggins being a max player, a number one overall pick and just view him for what he is as a basketball player and not hold him up to certain standards. And if he's okay with taking a back seat and like taking a step on his ego and becoming the third or fourth option on a team, I mean, the guy was the number one overall pick. The talent, though I have trouble seeing it, is there. But, I mean, he doesn't defend. He's a volume shooter. He needs the ball in his hands. That's a little hard to fit in with the Warriors system, but... I mean, if anyone can make them work and throw somebody in like that, it's them. So I'm not going to say it can't work out for them. I'm just very confused by the move. Yeah, I was definitely confused by the move. Um, we'll see. Good for the Wolves on, like, Cap would have been gone. He would have requested trades, demanded trades, left in free agency, whenever that is. So at I least could be wrong, have... but they're, like, best friends, right? I, they make it seem that way. I always find it interesting. Like, I didn't know Kyrie and KD were best friends until that signing came out. So we'll have to look and wait on that. 
I think as we move on to the next trade, which was Andre Drummond for a bag of chips and like not even a full bag of chips, like literally a half, like your Lay's bag of chips with half of it filled with air. I just want, if there happens to be any Knicks fans listening to this podcast, look, I think Mitchell Robinson's a good player. I think the Knicks organization is doing him an injustice by having him come off the bench. I think he could develop. He's he's a really good defender. Like, but how do we get back to the Knicks? Incredible shot blocker. But if if you were one of those people who told me that Mitchell Robinson was untouchable, and the whole time I said, literally, if people want this guy and we could get someone like D'Angelo Russell, I would give him up in a second. Look at what. The Pistons just got for Andre Drummond. This is a top three center in the game. 20 and 20 games on the constant starting center. And they literally got Brandon Knight's broken ankles back for him. Like, centers hold zero value in this league. We talked about it when I discussed with you. Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. You know, who's the better player? Who does more? That's up for debate. But when it comes to actual value in the market, Ben Simmons... 10x is Joel Embiid, obviously, injury issues aside. Like, that is a crazy haul. Why did the why did the uh, Cavs do this? I actually, I have not a clue in the world. Like, what in the world were they doing? I mean, you look at a guy like Drummond, obviously he's, uh, I would have to think about it. I'm not going to go ahead and say top three, top four. What, Embiid, Gobert, Jokic, we'll call him four. We'll call him the fourth best center. But... Player option at the end of this year, um, the Pistons were under the impression they weren't going to get a deal done with him. They weren't going to bring him back. There wasn't much interest around the league. So, I mean, they got him for literally nothing, the Cavaliers. But I don't think you make this move unless you plan on re-signing him. you got to assume that they're going to buy out Tristan Thompson. If not, he'll be gone at the end of this year. They're probably going to try and field offers for Kevin Love at the end of this year again. So, who knows? You start with your team, Sexton, Garland, uh, Drummond, I mean, listen, for me, from a Cavs standpoint, for that haul, what was it, John Henson, Brandon Knight, and a second-round pick, why not, you know? Why right. Not? Dude, why not Why not for a lot of teams around that? You're, I don't know what the money situation is with the Rockets, but why not the Rockets? I don't know what the money situation was for the Heat. Why not the Heat? Like, any contender, like Andre Drummond for half a year and to give up, literally, it's not like they gave up any, like they literally gave up nothing to get this guy, and he's a really good player. I know he doesn't t- typically fit, like, the system. Dude, look at the Clippers. Talk about fit. Like, Zubak. Would have been perfect. They right. need that interior offense and defensive presence, but clearly they're going to go with the smaller ball lineup that can switch one through five. Right. It's just crazy to even think like that was all it took. Like, is there a team in your head that probably should have been like knowing what they all they had to give up? Like, oh, wow, we we realistically probably should have done that. Thousand percent. And I'm glad you brought that up because I want to hear yours, too. My biggest loser of the trade deadline. And I'm not going to like I'm saying the trade deadline because the buyout market is still there and players can get bought out and sign with teams. So bear with me. My loser of the trade deadline is the Boston Celtics. Really? Uh, big time. Because I Not think the I, Lakers? Because like, I know you mentioned the buyout market, but Lakers didn't get anyone? I think the Lakers are fine with what they have. I'll be honest with you. I really yes. do think they're fine with what they have. Um, but Boston particularly, they're a great regular season team, great coach. 
but we've seen when the ball, when they play half-court basketball, they really struggle because they don't have that presence down low. I was looking for them to make a move for a Clint Capella, for an Andre Drummond, for a big. Now I'm hearing rumblings that if Tristan Thompson gets bought out, he could be a move for them. But a team like Boston, I really thought needed a big, and I guess a co-loser with them. We And this will segue into our the next trade we can discuss, is just P.J. Tucker in particular. <laughs> because my guy is 34 years old, 6'5 with heels on, or 6'6 with heels on, and he is have to he's going to have to guard Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis in the post for the rest of the season. I have no idea what the Houston Rockets are doing, and the fact that they didn't bring in another big, um, they're also a team that could get Tristan Thompson, is mind-boggling to me. Um, I also feel bad for P.J. Tucker. <laughs> I don't know about your loser the deadline. I mean, I don't hate the Boston call. I think that's a good one. I think they're in a weird spot just organizationally, and I don't know if it would have worked out money-wise with all that money tied up with Hayward and, you know, they got to pay Tatum and Brown and all that stuff. So I think the Lakers were the biggest loser personally. Like, oh, I just got I a notification. Know. James Dolan announces he is not selling the Knicks. That's an announcement? <laughs> yeah, I just love seeing that on my phone. Okay. Um, anyways, I disagree with your sentiment that the Lakers are fine with what they have. They need a point guard. I've been to a couple Lakers games and, like, there's just it's very clear that LeBron and AD carry that team, and I think put this team in the East three years ago in what LeBron typically would do is like take over and run through. I mean the Eastern Conference teams they weren't trash obviously, but they were they were very beatable. I just don't know that they can get through a Clippers team star power, coaching wise, and the bench that the Clippers have. I think they probably can beat the rest of the teams in the West, but I just don't see that matchup. Like, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised, obviously, if the Clippers beat the Lakers in a playoff series. But to me, I, I I agree that they could use a point guard. It's looking like Darren Collison will be that guy. Rajon Rondo has actually been awful this year. <laughs> um, but I don't. I didn't think they needed to go out there and and trade Kuzma for a Marcus Morris, and like that would be a huge difference maker. I know you no. have wanted nothing. You really think I think, been... I think moving, uh, you know, KCP and picks for D Rose, or moving, you know, actually getting an impact starting point guard that's big. Maybe they go to the buyout market. J.R. Smith is not going to solve many problems. I promise you that. The Holiday might, or whoever the Collison might. I just don't know if a Darren Collison who hasn't played in months can come back and really impact a championship team, but. We will see. Uh, speaking of players sitting out, Andre Iguodala, who everyone loves. Um, yeah, I don't. I asked like I asked Dean, who's our resident Miami beat reporter friend, um, who like did did the Heat even get better by losing Justice Winslow? Yes, in the sense that they were able to shed Deion Waiters and James Johnson's contract. That That is a big load off the Miami Heat because they're still well-positioned in this year, in next year, 
to make a move at someone in free agency because they have so much. A lot of their depth and talent is guys on rookie deals, guys that they brought over like Myers Leonard that aren't on big deals. Really the only guy they're paying substantially is Jimmy Butler. Uh, they're going to have to pay Bam in a few years, obviously. Who knows what Kendrick Nunn evolves to. But they have pieces to trade away, and they were able to unload these big contracts, so now they are flexible in free agency. But, like, obviously, as a Sixers fan, the Heat are a team that I have to look out for in the playoffs. Andre Iguodala doesn't scare me at all. For me, yeah, he was an impact player on the Warriors, but he was wide open all the time because of the people he was playing with. Uh, he had all this talent around him. Like, I don't see him being that much of a difference maker in Miami. I started sweating when I heard the Danilo, Danilo Gallinari rumors. But Andre Godala doesn't really move the needle for me in terms of being afraid of the Miami Heat as an opponent in the playoffs. I mean, are you saying you're not afraid of the Heat, or you're just saying it doesn't, like, increase the fear? Because because they have, they have kind of owned you of recent it just seems like they've always played you really t- I mean they beat you in Philly this year they just smoked you recently right before the deadline they're having some success against you guys yeah, we, we lost in overtime in Miami we got blown out one time first game of the year we beat them by 45 I think but I mean it's what's today's date February 6th there's a long ways away teams are totally different now than they are in the playoff round one series it's all about who's going in the healthiest Who's clicking? There is such things as peaking too early in the NBA. I'm not going to say that about Miami at all. I think they're a very good team, and especially at home with their how they have such a good head coach and everything. But And they play hard. But, I mean, you're going to have a lot of guys whose first playoff experience, they don't scare me that much. But I think that that's the main reason that Higadal was brought in is to mentor these young guys and to have them ready for – for that time of year in the playoffs. It's interesting you said it's important to click going into the playoffs and be healthy, and then you're saying you're not afraid of the Heat and you're confident in the Sixers when you guys literally can't... What do you mean? You said you don't. You said you really don't fear the Heat, which means you're confident in the Sixers. True or false? Go ahead. I'll go to war with Mike. I, got, I would like to talk about the Sixers, but go ahead. Okay. Well, no, 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 I'm asking. You're saying it's important to click and it's important to be healthy when the Sixers are literally doing neither of those at any point in the past two seasons. So I'm just trying to figure out the math on that. What do you mean we didn't click last year? We were four bounces away. We lost to the NBA champion. We were. The I don't know. Season. What I'm we saying on that is last year we won 50-plus games. Yeah, and all you guys do is cry, oh, the starting lineup didn't have enough time to play together. Oh, they only had 87 total minutes. Oh, if MB You want to talk had... about last year or you want to talk about this year? I'm saying how do you expect your team to click this season headed into the playoffs when all you're doing is not clicking and all your players do is stay injured? And then you can tell me why bringing Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson helps your team. Okay, first off, let me address the state of the Sixers right now because it is not a good spot. Um, 22-2 and two at home, 9-18 and 18 on the road. That's not something with a team with this much talent should be. Where do I put the blame on that? I put the blame on that mostly... On Brett Brown's shoulders, that to me that nine and eighteen discrepancy from the twenty-two and two at home means he doesn't have his guys ready. Um, I think this team is a little bit of maturing to do. We had a players-only meeting yesterday. Things aren't going well. 
my solution for the Philadelphia 76ers would be to bring Al Horford off the bench. You turn him into a Sergi Baca for your team. You start a guy like Matisse Thybul or Glenn Robinson, who we just brought in, and then you let Alec Burks, Al Horford, and one of those two run the bench unit. Um, we, we've been very successful when Matisse has been starting and our whole starting lineup has been healthy. Uh, I think 8-0 we have been. I am not hitting... I understand the state of the Sixers and what's going on right now and how they're might, probably the biggest disappointment in basketball this year thus far, but when it boils down to it, I think in a playoff centered bet in a playoff atmosphere. I'm talking half court basketball when the game breaks down. I like our chances. Obviously our biggest advantage is our home building. And right now we're three and a half games out of even having home court. And that's just the three seed. We're tied with Indiana at the five seed right now. If the playoffs started today, we'd be playing at Boston for seven for a seven game series. But listen, I think you asked about Glenn Robinson and Alex Burks. We traded pretty much nothing, three non-premium second-round picks for them. Um, We needed bench scoring. Both of them are having career years for the Warriors. Obviously, they were asked to do bigger roles, but you get a guy like Glenn Robinson who has size, who can switch on defense, who does shoot around 40% from three, and Alec Burks who's averaging upwards of 16 points a game. That's better than what we had on the bench right now, and that's important. We didn't have scoring off the bench. The only person that we could rely on to hit more than one three off the bench was Furkan Korkmaz, and he's really not that good at basketball. So you're bringing in two actual solid bench pieces, in my opinion. You will probably have your other opinion, but to bolster that back end and to help with that second unit, and that's what we talked about is the most important thing come the playoffs is these these three-man rotations off the bench. Uh, Matisse Thibel has already proved he can play. Listen, the Sixers are not in good shape right now, but it's not time to hit the panic button on them yet, and I still give them the second-best chance to come out of the East. Yeah, I think I'm finally selling on the Sixers. So yeah, obviously, A lot of people I've, are. A lot of people are. I get it. I really do get it. I think I've had your – you know, you've been in my ear all year. And I think when we opened up the pod beginning of the year about the NBA, it was like, you know, people are going to pick the Bucks, people pick the Celtics. But like, I genuinely was upset that I had to pick the Sixers because I thought that they were going to be the best team in the East. I thought the Bucks were going to do their thing in the regular season like they did last year. And then come playoff, ta- come playoff time, too much talent for the Sixers. And my one reservation, though, and I said this literally on our free agency podcast, I said the Horford move makes no sense. You backed it up. You said defensively we will be great. We'll figure it out on offense. It just doesn't work. That's a fact of the nature right now. It's too clogged. There's not enough shooters. It, it just does not work. The moves that were made, they supplement the bench, but they don't actually solve the core issue. And that's when the five best players on the court, you do not have a strong offensive game plan. Plus, we're sure MB will be hurt some sort. Who slides into that number two spot? I don't know. Like the Celtics, night to night, they can look good, they can look bad. The Heat, I think, are good, but they're not. Like, I agree with you in saying, like, I would still like the Sixers over them. But in general, I'm just selling on the Sixers and just buying more Bucks stock, which might be, it's not the fanciest thing in the world, but I think buy the Sixers, and there wasn't necessarily a huge move for them to make, 
But by the Sixers not making a move to kind of figure out what's wrong, it just looks like the Bucks. What do you, what do you mean not be... making? Like you mean trading one of our five guys? Yeah, like if they had figured out a way to get rid of Horford, or they had figured out a way. I mean, an MB trade was never going to happen. But if they had removed Horford, which obviously would have cost them on defense, and found a, a shooter or a stretch. I mean, he is a stretch for, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be working with your top five. Time's not going to help. You don't have a coach who's going to just snap his fingers and figure it out. It just feels like the Bucks became even more of a favorite to come out of the East after the deadline. I, I don't understand the deadline, how that plays in it, because essentially the Sixers got better than they are. They're just isn't saying much. They're 31-20, and 20, but like – Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson are something that we needed. Um, you talked about <clears> – <throat> That's my point, but it doesn't solve the actual issue at hand. I agree. The, the issue at hand, and all credit to you, you said it from the start, and as a Sixers fan, we all gave it the benefit of the doubt, is Al Horford. It 100% is. He's not playing great. He's finding – he's having trouble gelling with the starting lineup – and I really do think bringing him off the bench and treating him like a Toronto Raptors does Serge Ibaka is what this team needs because you can just have Joel Embiid in the post with this five, open it up, go four out. But, I mean, people say, how are you going to bring $28 million off the bench? Serge Ibaka makes $22 million, and he comes off the bench. Like, it comes a, it comes a time where the egos have to be set aside and you have to realize what is best for the team. And in my opinion, that is what's best for the Sixers at this point is bringing a guy like Al Horford off the bench because a lot of people want to trade Al. And I understand that people think at the end of the fourth year of that contract, it's going to be a nightmare. But I don't think that keeping him is going to um, keep the Sixers team from moving far in the playoffs. I really don't. Sorry about that. Um, I think that... I just, I just don't. Like, let me ask you a question. In in a seven game series between Indiana, Miami, Boston, and Toronto, forget Milwaukee. Mm. Are there any four teams where you think we have no shot of beating them in seven games? No, 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 you have a great shot. But coming into the year, you thought we would be a lock. I thought it was like you guys are conference finals, and I have to pray that it's not the same Bucks choke job. That's I'll be honest. Out of those four teams, the team that I'd be most afraid of is probably Toronto. I really do think so. Yeah, I don't hate that. I also, I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer in the Pacers. I told you that before the year. Uh, and I'm starting to see a little bit from Boston. I think what you said about, like, Canner being the only big man is definitely troubling. But, like, Brown has been incredible. Tatum's been playing incredible. Kemba's playing well. They have the coach. I know we go back and forth. Is he a good coach? Is he a bad coach? Wait, What? What? We go back and forth about Brad Stevens? Yeah, some people like to say he's overrated. I mean, he's never technically gotten it done. He hasn't made a finals. But How many coaches get it done? No, no, I, I know. But uh, I've definitely heard those thoughts from people before. Anyways, point is, I think you guys are still the number two. If I had to put someone, I would put you in number two. But I'm selling. I don't want any part of you in number two. That's all. Okay. Uh, Listen, final. I, I not, this is not where I thought we would be as as the Sixers, and we go into Milwaukee tonight, or I guess when people hear this, we'll probably have won by eight, and I'll even be even more confused about what's going on with the Sixers team. But uh, 
I don't know, man. I'm not freaking out just yet. I, I'm, I think they keep saying this team is built for the playoffs, and I can see it, but things it's have got built to defensively for the playoffs, but not offensively. And things that's my thing change. about hey, defense leads to offense. It does, but the Horford thing is like, all right, that's great. You bring off the bench, which can offset those lineups, but like the final five minutes of the game where playoff games are won and lost. That's where Horford would still theoretically be on the floor, so I don't think it's a true um, solution. I think you, you replace him with Matisse Thibel. Okay, that should help offensively down the stretch. Matisse is solid. Okay, final trade: Hawks Nuggets T Wolves. They just just were like, Hawks, "Hey, Nuggets, do you want this T-Wolves, guy?" And Rockets and Rockets. Do you do you guys want this guy? Do you want this guy? What are the Rockets doing? Why did they get rid of Capella? I feel like the Hawks kind of got a good deal out of this. Collins, Trey Young, Capella, solid, solid group of players. I think so. Obviously, Capella in this this age of the NBA is it's like the Drummond treatment. It's I actually I do about. think for the we're talking about the Rockets losing Capella and not having any size. Like PJ Tucker is going to be their center. I think it actually helps for them offensively, but defensively, when it breaks down in the playoffs, they're screwed because offensively they go five out. Who can guard? Who can prevent Russell Westbrook or James Harden from getting to the paint? But they've Nobody. been going five out. They would pull Capella. Yeah, they're off having the a floor. lot of success without Capella. But they're. Also but I'm a, saying, yeah. I'm saying in the playoffs when it's half court and they have to go up against the likes of Jokic, of Gobert, of Stephen Adams. That's when we'll see the downfall of this. But D'Antoni and Daryl Morey are both doubling down on this small ball, and in my opinion, it will inevitably lead to both of them not having jobs. <laughs> That's definitely where it's trending. Um, that's pretty much it for me. Any last words on the trade deadline? Just looking at the standings of the NBA right now, you think Portland can uh, – they're three games back of the eight seed right now behind Memphis. Do what I do think, think they can that? make the playoffs? Yeah. Do you think Dame can carry them? Yeah, I think the Mavs – that's the only – really that's the only spot up for grabs. It's, it's the eight seed between the Grizzlies, Blazers, and Spurs. It would not shock me to see the Mavs fall apart. It honestly wouldn't. Yeah, I think they're just – I said it all year. They're not that good. They Dwight Powell is a big loss for them. Right, he's a big loss. Porzingis just broke his nose, plus he nah, stinks. No, he's fine. He's not, he's not even on the injury report. But plus he stinks. We have to take that into account. The Thunder kept their team together, so I think they're locked into – another great call of mine was saying the Thunder were a playoff team. Another one was the first. Huh? Huh? Another one was the first. Uh, that the Sixers wouldn't work with because of Horford. Well, jury's still out on that. Okay, okay. Thunder, I'll give it to you. Thunder, I'll give it to you. Anyways, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Mavs fall apart. I think the Spurs are toast. Remember when the Suns were good? That was a good time. No, I'm, early this season, they were like 8-4. and four. They beat you guys. Like, they, they had a winning record. Yeah, the Sixers were 5-0 and oh too. Who cares? Timberwolves have lost... 13 consecutive games. Um, I think I have their their under. I got to look at my, my bet slips. But, oh, speaking of bets, we have another read from our guys at Bet Online. We almost forgot about them, huh? Okay. What do you got? Of course I got my guys at Bet Online. Why am I reading all the bet? I guess I'm the best better on the pod. But. So if you guys missed your chance to bet out on the Chiefs, um, I didn't. We told you guys, or I told you to bet on the Chiefs. But fear not, Blue Wire is excited to be partnering with Bet Online to help you win the big game, the big bet, no matter the time of year. March Madness coming up, the Masters coming up, Major League Baseball opening day, NBA playoffs, 
BetOnline has you covered with all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Plus, it's never early to lay your, down your future for Super Bowl 2021. Head over to BetOnline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE, one word, 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed up. It's super easy. If you're already making wagers, you're supporting this podcast, so we appreciate it. Again, promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word when you sign up at BetOnline.ag. Jack, any closing remarks? Uh, closing remarks, obviously, Super Bowl week was hectic. We tried to release a pod every day. This one is going to be dropping Thursday night, which is different than the Thursday morning. After this, though, we should be oh, back wait, to our— We're dropping this Friday morning, I thought. No, we're trying to drop it as soon as it's done. Oh, we're dropping this bad boy tonight? Yeah, we're trying to. Oh, so the, the Sixers reaction. haven't played yet. Thank God. All right, the Sixers haven't played yet. They haven't lost. We're living yeah. in the present tense. Yeah. Um, oh, NBA All-Star draft tonight. Yeah. Who do you think goes first overall? If— Pick one player from each side. If LeBron is the first pick, if Giannis is the first pick. If LeBron is the first pick, he's going to pick AD. That's so stupid. He should want to go up against him. And if Giannis is the first pick, I don't know. Are there any Knicks in the game, future teammates you might want to play with? Joel? I feel like Giannis would be weird and pick, like, Jimmy. Or Jimmy's not on the starter, is he? No. I think maybe Dame. Why not? No, he's not starting. Who are the starters from the East? It's Giannis, Embiid, uh, Kemba. Is Siakam starting? He is starting, I believe. He's having a sick year. It's uh, So the West is AD, Luka, Harden, Kawhi. I wonder if Luka even plays. And the East is Embiid, Siakam, Kemba, Trey Young. <laughs> Oh my God, that is ridiculous that Trey Young's starting. It's even more ridiculous that Kyle Lowry's in the game. But, anyways, uh, what I was saying before Abe cut me off is that we are back to our regularly scheduled programming. New pod will drop Monday and then next Thursday morning. Um, we're going to be talking a lot more NBA now. I know you guys love the NBA, so we're excited to add some new listeners. Make sure you guys share the pod, do all that fun stuff. Much love. And let us know what you think on the Snapback Pod Instagram about the trade deadline. Who are your winners and losers? Who got snubbed or scrubbed or stolen from, a.k.a. the Knicks? And we will catch you on Monday. Peace. Peace, fam. What up, fam? Welcome to the tread. (laughs) What up, fam? Welcome back to another episode of Snapback Sports. On this episode, the NBA tread. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. (laughs) 